So growing up, I I played lots of tennis, like an enormous amount of tennis. It was just kind of my thing. I discovered that it was my thing when I was, I think, nine or 10 years old. Um, played a lot of sports growing up, you know, tried a little bit of everything from baseball to soccer to you're obligated to play hockey in northern Minnesota. So that and a little bit of football and basketball, skiing. Looking back, turns out I, I did a little bit of everything, but tennis was my thing. And I went on to compete at a Division One level and got a scholarship. And so what's important about that is I know a little thing about a little thing or two about the game of tennis. And now I've got three kids and want um, if they're interested, I'm, I'm interested in helping them get what they want. I want them to be happy and healthy and to have fun and to learn the lessons that I learned from athletics. That's fundamentally it. So what the what the end result of that is, if it's gymnastics or martial arts or if it's tennis, I don't care. It's not really that relevant to me. I just know that with my specific set of skills, I'd be able to help my kids get a little further along than other kids just because I know a lot about tennis. So I introduced my oldest to tennis pretty early on, maybe, maybe a little too early. Maybe he'll come back around, but he was just disinterested in anything that I had to say about it. Perhaps you've had this experience and you can chuckle a little bit uh, about, about trying to get somebody to do something and they're just really not that interested in hearing what you have to say. Um, so that's that's kind of a funny one. A less funny one, um, we all have, I'm sure, have had loved ones and family members that have struggled. And at some level, we're all struggling with something. But I know that my older brother, John, struggled for a long time with lots of different things. Um, and I always tried the best that I could. I did the best that I could to support him and to give him whatever I could without being overbearing or trying to overstep or whatever. Um, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And I've also had the opportunity to be a mentor and to work with younger people who I don't have a relationship with. And sometimes that works great. And sometimes it doesn't. Oh, the thing about adult learning is, I mean, I think at some level, we need to really want to have the desire to learn, to make change. Um, but if we don't have that, if I don't want to change, for whatever reason, then I'm just not going to. I'm not going to. So this isn't groundbreaking necessarily, but we've all known people that have gone through or we see them just headed for disaster. We see them caught up with the wrong crowd. They're going through some kind of a phase, suffering from a mental illness. Sometimes people are just absolutely hell-bent on destroy them, destroying themselves. And as empathy, empathetic and caring people, which I assume that you are, we want to help those people. So different stages of our lives, we're able to do that. And it's this fine line, again, between 
I don't want to be a bulldozer parent. I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I don't want my kids to resent or hate me. You want to thread the needle and do that just right between being supportive and loving, but not overbearing. So it's all a really, really tricky thing. That's the reality. It's hard. The human experience is hard. It's hard to change our own minds about things. <laughs> you know, we care more about our runny nose than we do about a flood that happened halfway around the world that killed a thousand people. My runny nose, if I'm honest, that probably bothers me more than, than learning about that. Um, what I want, what I want is again for you to get what you want. And I want a healthy, optimally running, functioning society. And it appears that these two things are currently at odds. I want you to get what you want. But I also want, I want to have this functioning society. And it's not just right now that this is happening. I think it's been happening for some time. But the reality is that, and we know this to be true, that you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have things both ways. You can't, you can't have it all. I can't eat whatever I want and expect to be skinny. I can't not go to work and expect to get paid. There are just things that we know to be true. But right now, we're acting the opposite way. We're throwing all that out and we're saying, no, that's not true anymore. We have a panacea. We literally have we've we've figured out the silver bullet to solve this problem we've literally figured out a magic pill it's going to make it so i can do whatever i want i can eat whatever i want i don't need to exercise and i there's there's no cost to it but that's that's no matter how bad we want that to be true and I don't want that to be true. I know that the things that I value most are the things that I've worked the hardest for. Stuff that you just give to me has very little value. And you see this with kids too. You give them a hundred toys, well, they're not gonna value any of them. You give them one thing and you give them something that they worked hard for or earned money to buy, that's what they value. And to think that that's not true or that that's not the case is just flat out wrong. It just denies human nature and the way that we human beings view and think about the world and everything else. Um, so it's a really tricky thing. I think that we're heading down the wrong path. Um, and I know that I'm probably preaching to the choir for many of you who are listening but many of you who are listening, many people that I know uh, are doing and engaging in the behavior use of what I'm going to talk about today. So I will also be guilty of yucking your yum, which is a pretty good term. Guilty of yucking your yum if you fall into the category of people that I'm going to be talking about today. And that's fine. If you're loving what I'm saying, you're hating what I'm saying, I'm here for all of it because it's on my mind. 
I think it's necessary that I'm not, I know, I know I'm certainly not the only one that's, that's talking about this, but I'm, I think it's so important um, that, that more people are talking about this and we are pulling our heads out of our proverbial butts and waking up to reality versus just continuing down this road that I do not think is a very, very positive one. So I read this recently and I found it to be very, very disappointing. And what a terrible emotion that is. Whew. I mean, my mom was angry at me. That's okay. But when my mom said she was disappointed in me, brutal. Read this, and this is a quote. I had the biggest aha along with many people in that audience, Oprah recalls. I realized I'd been blaming myself all these years for being overweight. And I have a predisposition that no amount of willpower is going to control. She goes on to say, obesity is a disease. It's not about willpower. It's about the brain. She says, released my own shame about it and consulted her doctor who went on to describe a weight loss medication. I now use it as I feel I need it as a tool to manage, not yo-yoing. The fact that there's a medically approved prescription for managing weight and staying healthier in my lifetime feels like a relief, like redemption, like a gift, and not something to hide behind and once again be ridiculed for. I'm absolutely done with the shaming from other people and particularly myself. Damn it, Oprah. <laughs> I don't want to shame you. I'm not... You know, and you wouldn't care anyway, but you're happy. Fine. And we'll see what the future holds. But from my perspective, here's the problem that there's an F ton of people who listen to her and take her advice. She went for years repping Weight Watchers as a, as a self-reliant personal responsibility company. And now all of a sudden they are prescribing weight loss medications. So they've done a complete 180. <clears throat> they've completely changed their everything, their philosophies, their principles, their approach. Totally different. 180 degrees. They zigged, they zagged, whatever. Again, free to do what you want. But there, there's this expression that there's no such thing as a free lunch. And that's simply saying that Nothing comes without a cost or a consequence. Nothing comes without a cost or a, um, there is just, there is a cost to all of it. There are consequences to all of it. So I'm sure that you've caught on, but I'm talking about the new weight loss drugs. I think it's odd and shocking how excitedly people are running towards them. I mean, we're coming off the heels of, of an, an event, an event where, where other medications were touted as the panacea. And maybe you think that they were and are. I don't necessarily. And the way that they were sold, I think I hope that we can all agree, was not the way that it actually shook out. And the process for vetting and 
I don't need to, to get into the weeds on this. There is a flip side to all of this. There is a cost to all of it. There is no silver bullet or magic pill that doesn't have some additional cost to it. I mean, always a B-side to the album. There's another shoe that's waiting to drop. You know the story of Faust? You know, Faust is a really wealthy person who is just not happy. And so the devil came to him. He made a deal with the devil that he could do whatever he wanted. But at the end of it, he had to give the devil his soul. So Faust knew what he was getting himself into. With an unknown intervention like we're talking about now, we don't know what the ultimate price to be paid is going to be. You don't think that there's going to be one? It really is this panacea. Whose word are you taking for that? <laughs> uh, so I don't I don't hope that bad things are going to happen. I just from experience, it's not all good. So it's 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 a concern. Anyway, back to the problem, back to the episode, rather. So, I mean, we have a huge problem and it's a, it's a little bit of a, a pun or a play on words that it's a big problem. How big is the problem of obesity? It's really big. Approximately 63.6% of U.S. adults in 2018 were classified as overweight or had obesity. Oof. That's from uh, the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. Um, and I guess that there's no current data on that, but I bet it's more. So that's, geez, six years ago at this point, 73% of Americans were over, that overweight or had obesity. I imagine that that's higher. And that has a cost. Again, everything has a cost. There's a price to be paid. You think that uh, it's not just that you are, that you're not feeling well. And it's not just that you are sacrificing your health. It is that there is a massive cost to the healthcare system, which puts a strain on the healthcare system, but then it puts a strain on insurance. So the cost of our insurance, which is essentially shared because we get most of our insurance as an employee benefit through our employer, as people need more care, the premiums go up. So they're using more healthcare. The cost of healthcare goes up. So at some point, if everybody is is obese or overweight, if that number goes from 73 to 100, which, you know, we'll, we'll circle back to that one in just a second, uh, then everybody will be, I guess, you know, doing their part by using the medicines. <clears throat> so... This is the opportunity. And if you don't think that these companies are looking around and looking for their next opportunity, I think that you are, you're very naive. That's, that's what I think. If you think that, that great big companies that make pills don't look and say, oh, look, 
the vast majority of Americans are overweight or obese or pre-diabetic or have diabetes. Huh. I wonder if there's an opportunity there. And of course there is. So the New England Journal of Medicine estimated that annual cost of Medicare could be $13 billion to $26 billion a year. And that would increase total annual cost of Medicare Part D spending by approximately 25%. The cost of private health insurance would be even greater. One estimate is that the total annual U.S. spending private and public on this class of drugs, which are treating obesity, could exceed $100 billion by the next decade. So there you go. Now I know we've watered down a billion, but that's still a ton of money. So can individuals pay for the cost of it? No, uh-uh, no way. I can't individually be expected to pay that or I couldn't even afford it individually, but Medicare, there you go. Let's figure out how to get this in there. And I wonder if these big companies, I wonder if they lobby, if they lobby the government. Of course they do. So you're like, shut up, who cares? Stop saying this, I don't care. I just want, I just want the drugs. I just want to take the pill. I just want to lose weight. I don't care what the effect is going to be. Well, that's sort of what I'm talking about. I'm seeing and am witnessing people going down that path of destruction, of dangerous behavior, like I talked about at the beginning. And me as an empathetic and a person who cares, which I do, again, about individual people, but also having a function in society, Number one, we can't afford it. Uh, number two, we have zero idea what the health consequences are going to be. And I get it. Is the health consequence of being obese and diabetic? Is that is that worse than whatever the health consequence is going to be of taking this 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 medication? And that's the other shoe that's going to drop because I don't know. Again, Faust made the deal with the devil. You get whatever you want, I get your soul. You, consumer of medicine who is obese and dis dis deciding whether or not to take this new drug, you don't know what that trade-off is. You don't know what it's going to be. It is an unknown quantity. And to think that it is a panacea, that there's no negative consequences or side effects, I think is foolish. I think it's wrong. And I think that you know it. I think that everybody knows it. So at least we're conscientious or we're conscious about it. But then I realized that that's probably not true. Probably a ton of people out there who think, oh, there's no way my, my doctor is telling me to take it. So it can't be bad for me. So we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Fundamentally, I want people to go into this thing with eyes wide open and to think about it. So the other side, you want to talk about systemic problems that lead to obesity. That's fine. I'm here for it. We can talk about food deserts. We could talk about limited access to healthy food. We could talk about uh, little to no education on, on proper nutrition or exercise talk about the proliferation of fast food and just garbage food everywhere. We could talk about socioeconomic problems and you name it. 
there's all these different problems, cultural norms, systemic problems, lots and lots of different things like that. And I get it. And I'm empathetic and I'm sad about these things. Um, and I also know that addressing ob obesity requires an awful lot. It's a lot, awful lot that needs to happen. So here's a question. Do you think it's good to have a healthy lifestyle? Do you think it's good to have a healthy lifestyle? Maybe you don't. Maybe you think it's good to literally eat dog s, sit your ass on a couch. Maybe you're all about doing that and taking a magic pill to make everything okay is great. That's you. Humor me and play along for just a minute. So, I mean, do you think, well, just using a logical argument, again, if you're a person who says that it's okay to eat bad food, it's okay to lead a sedentary lifestyle, using logic would be the goal of a lifestyle is to promote comprehensive well-being, all right? So making healthy choices, including good diet and exercising to promote comprehensive well-being, that's a positive thing. Having a healthy diet contributes to physical well-being. So that's also a positive thing. Regular exercise enhances physical and mental well-being. So when you're exercising and you're eating right, you're going to be a healthier person. There are lots of mental and emotional benefits. Improve mood, less stress. So based on that, having a healthy diet with regular exercise, that is a positive thing. So... When you're, when you're doing those things, you will have a higher quality of life. Physical health is interconnected with mental health and emotional well-being. Nothing but a positive thing. So, <laughs> I mean, try to make a rational argument for why it is that you should pursue a healthy diet lifestyle, making a logical argument for why you should exercise it's just not very convincing. It's not very convincing because we want to feel a certain way. I don't want to feel. I want to feel good and healthy, but I don't want to do the work. I guess that that's, that's really what this is saying. And I wonder, I wonder, is it a function of I don't care that this is, for lack of a better term, not earned. Because certainly you did the work of becoming obese. And I think that I will, I think that I will die on the hill of being obese, absolutely being contrary to what Oprah said, that it is a function of willpower, that it is a function of personal choices, that it is a function of all those things. And I do not accept that. I do not accept that it is genetic or that people are genetically predispositioned to be overweight. I think that that's a hill that I'm going to die on. I'm 45 years old. When I was in school as a kid, elementary school, all the way through high school, there was one overweight person in my class. One. 
And even that person wasn't really that overweight, not by the standards of today. So what does that say? What does it say if 1% of people 40 years ago was obese or overweight? And today, 75% of people are obese or overweight. Did our genetics change essentially completely over that time period? Is that the assertion that you're making? Is that the is that the argument? Doesn't that sound crazy? When you think about it, when you were a kid, how many overweight people did you know? Maybe I was just in a one of those blue zones where it was only healthy people. So, why do we resist change? Well, we resist change because it's uncomfortable. Change requires moving out of our comfort zone. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that for a lot of reasons. And this is this is where this is where there is biology. Because our bodies are designed to keep us alive. And so when all of a sudden we start doing things that are abnormal or totally off the wall or totally different then our bodies try to, they're like, oh no, George is putting himself in danger. Need to pull it back. So our bodies want us to be safe. And so they encourage us to just keep doing whatever we're doing, even though it is slowly, absolutely killing us. I mean, you don't become a hundred pounds overweight in, in, in a month. You become a hundred pounds overweight over the course of several years by gaining one or two pounds a month. Think about it. You gain a pound a month, well, that's 12 extra pounds a year. You gain two a month, wait for it, that's 24 pounds a year. It's not that hard to gain two pounds a month if you're eating like shit and you're not exercising. That's pretty easy, especially because, and I I, I get it, we have access to delicious food and stuff to drink and eat and all these entertainment options. But none of that says that that's genetic or biological or anything like that. That is 100% lifestyle and behavioral choices. I get it. I'm not excusing it. I 100% understand. <laughs> so, so we need to get out of our comfort zones. We need to understand the psychology behind it. And I know how hard change is. I 100% do. So there's a lot going on here. And I really don't want to be, I'm not trying to be mean at all. That's not, I don't, I am never wanting to be mean or to call names. I want people to be healthy. I want individuals to be healthy. I want society to be healthy and high functioning and all these things. So this is the part where I'm trying to land the plane here. Getting people to change is really hard. I know that in order to do that, you need to be incredibly empathetic, need to understand where they're coming from, need to help them to create a compelling vision for their future. If we don't know how to do that, nutrition is extremely confusing. 
There's a lot of bad information out there. Exercise is also really confusing. There's a lot of bad, there's a lot of bad information out there. And if I'm not accustomed to moving or running or lifting weights, these are hard things. There's not a reason why you would know how to do that unless you learned how to do it. Like anything else, we need to become literate in whatever area we want to become literate in, and then I need to put it to work and to become actually well. Literacy versus wellness, very two different things. Literacy is what I intellectually understand. Wellness is what I actually do. So oftentimes there is a mile in between those two things. But right now we're staring down the barrel of a lot of really bad stuff and stuff that from my perspective is very much an unknown quantity. I don't know what this stuff's going to do to you. It'll make you lose weight. Yeah. That's not just burning fat. You're losing bone density. You're losing muscle mass. You're losing tissue. And that stuff doesn't come back. And that is something that is not talked about at all. Sarcopenia happens when you take these drugs. What that is, is what happens when we get old. And we develop osteoporosis. We lose bone density. You don't get that back. If you're a parent and you're giving this stuff to your kids, that's terrible. You're causing their bones to become less dense, which they will never get back. So you're essentially turning them into tiny old people. So don't do that. Make better choices. Educate yourself. Take personal responsibility for your health. Take ownership of it. I wish, I don't even wish, I don't wish that there was a pill that could do that because you don't value it. And if you're doing it and then you're not learning about becoming a healthy person, if you're taking this medication and you just keep eating like crap and you keep not exercising, well, that, I mean, brutal. And I know what most people are going to think and say, like, oh, I'm just going to do it for a little while. Okay, sure. Sure thing. But I know about human nature. And I know that you're lying. Mostly to yourself. And then the people that you're saying that to. So other people too. And this is the tough love part of it. I mean, I don't mind when people BS me. I don't, I, you know, <laughs> I just don't want people to lie to themselves. I want you to position yourself for success and recognize that everything has a trade-off. So the short-term gains that you might be getting from something, they're going to have a price. There's a price to be paid at some point down the road. You know that to be true. And you know why you know that's true? Because it is true. No panacea, no magic, no magic pill, no silver bullet. It's going to take care of all of our problems. And there's not a consequence or a price to be paid. No such thing. So make, make good decisions. Make good choices. Take ownership of your freaking life. Recognize that life is long and embrace that. Lean into it. Make small choices, incremental choices. 
the way to uh the way to lose weight it's not by taking a pill or whatever it is it's by losing it the same way you put it on it's by losing one or two or three pounds a month you do that over an extended period of time that's 12 24 36 pounds that you can lose over the course of a year that is a big deal like getting out of debt you will gain lots of wonderful things along the way you'll develop self-confidence you'll develop new skills you'll be learning about nutrition you'll be learning about fitness you'll be learning about self-discipline you'll be proving to yourself that you're fully capable of doing hard things that you're fully capable of of changing your behavior you'll be an example to your family your loved ones to your community and that's an awesome thing i guarantee you do that you do it the hard way uh, you'll be way better off for it as always do your part by doing your best